Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Last of Us Nerds Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jacob, joined, as always, by my good friend, Tom. For those of you returning, we're excited to have you back with us. For any new new listeners, this is a spoiler-free podcast discussing HBO's The Last of Us. Tom and I are two passionate fans of the game that are bringing that love to this podcast as we previously offer deep dives into each episode that you guys can still get caught up on, uh, compare it to the game, and just talk about something we both care deeply about. Uh, we're going to have some episodes moving forward with other topics branching off of the show in the coming weeks and months. But again, this is spoiler-free, so uh, those of you who haven't played the game won't be in any danger. Uh, now, with all that being said, let me welcome in Tom. Tom, how are you doing post the last of us uh i feel lost uh confused sad um our basketball teams are not doing well in the (laughs) march madness tournaments uh and then also uh there's no more last of us which uh, thankfully we have succession coming back next week which i'm a fan of i know you just uh sort of basically started it um i'm excited for that to come back but man i really wish there was more last of us here so it's a little sad that uh we're without it and we're gonna be without it for a long time but like Jacob said, this is completely spoiler-free. We're not going to be talking anything about Part 2 or Season 2 or Season 3 spoilers in this podcast. Um, if you're just finding us for the first time, like you said, feel free to go back and check the recaps. They're all very spoiler-free, and we have a spoiler section at the end. I did have one person write in and ask if they should go back and listen to the spoiler sections now that the season is done. Unfortunately, I believe the answer to that question should be no. Now, we tried to give a warning whenever we did specifically want to talk about Part 2 spoilers, However, most, I would say, of the spoiler sections had some context from part two, so I would not recommend going back and listening to the spoiler sections unless you're open to being spoiled about part two, but most people are not. So I would say don't do that. Uh, again, thank you so much to everyone that has been sending in five-star reviews on iTunes and everywhere else. Uh, it's really appreciated, and I believe especially on iTunes, it helps us find more people a lot. We got this recent one from Laurel Luhu. Uh, gave five stars. It says, love these nerds. I look forward to every recap, uh, or I look forward to this recap every week. Can't wait for their between season updates. Now the season one has ended. This is a must listen podcast. If you love the last of us, thank you so much. Laurel Lou who I appreciate those kind words, Uh, guys. If you have not left a five star review uh, and you're enjoying the podcast, we would really appreciate it. It's going to help us out a lot going forward, especially when people are coming back for off season content or coming back for season two. We do want to be able to stand out as a credible, uh, high-quality Last of Us podcast that people can find and people can easily identify that it's something that's good. So today, we have our Season 1 in Review podcast. So we are going to give some sort of overall season-long thoughts, season review, how we're feeling a week after the finale, having time to think about all nine episodes, we're going to give out some awards. We're going to do best overall change to the show. Uh, we're going to do our top five episodes, which we have not disclosed to each other. We might be able to guess what we're thinking, but we have not uh, disclosed that. So we're going to go from five to one and share what the top five episodes of the season are. Uh, we're going to give our number one crafting upgrade. If we could make one change to the season, what would it be? We're going to give an award to the best non-Joel and Ellie acting performance. The best new shown-minted line of dialogue from the season, our favorite scene from the season, and then we're going to give out exactly one Emmy. If we could only give out one, what would we give it to? So we're going to be able to do all of that here on today's podcast. But 
Jacob, the finale is over. Uh, we've had to sit with it for a little bit. We've had to sit with the season. We've had to sit with the sinking feeling of knowing that we don't have one this week and we're not going to get one for the foreseeable future. Uh, how are you feeling? And do you want to share any sort of season-long thoughts or review on, on, the, on the Last of Us Season 1? Yeah, I mean, I'll dive into this in one of the later discussions, uh, one of the topics we have. But the more I've kind of thought about the finale specifically, the more maybe kind of disappointed, frustrated with the kind of the pacing, but also the way they handled some of the storytelling or didn't really handle it. And it just feels like they left a lot on the bone. Even having said that, I'm still, I mean, I've said this multiple times. It bears repeating. I'm blown away by how good this all was. Uh, As we kind of looked back and put together our thoughts and notes about this season Again, I just go back to the discussion you and I had on the first episode when we were kind of previewing and giving our thoughts of what we wanted. I certainly, and I don't know if it was the same for you, I certainly just never considered the possibility this was going to be better than uh, the game in a lot of regards. And so I just continue to be blown away by what Neil Druckmann, Craig Mason were able to do with this storytelling medium and just incredible work from from both of them in that regard yeah i'll i've I've basically said this but just you know this is the review part so i'll just start off by saying i believe at least in my experience this is the best adaptation of a source material that i have ever seen mm-hmm. maybe the only other one that would come to mind for me is game of thrones yep But even then, I know a lot of book people that didn't feel the same way. I read the books and I watched the show and certainly at least through the parts that were the books versus the show where they had books to adapt it from. I was always a bigger fan of the show than the game. Excuse me, bigger than the game. Jesus, bigger fan of the show than the books, um, just because I thought it was just presented in a much more engaging and entertaining format. So Game of Thrones is the other one that would jump out to me. But I am so impressed with how they handled this adaptation overall. And I felt really confident about a week before the premiere when I saw an interview with with Mason, who basically was like, hey, if you're fans of the game, uh, there's going to be a lot of moments that you might want to see. You'll see them. There might be a lot of lines you want to hear. You'll hear them. There might be characters you want to see. You'll see them. But we're going to like flush out and tell a bigger story elsewhere. I felt really confident from that point, but it was really nice watching the whole season go along to see how much they took that to heart. This was, this was an adaptation that was definitely trying to honor the story of the game in the best way it could, while still not being shy about trying to find ways to improve it. That said, I don't think they, they batted a thousand on it. As I said, sort of last week, I do think there were some things that the game did better, but maybe we should have expected that all along because the game was a masterpiece of its own medium. And it's very difficult to adapt something and and do it exactly as well as something else did in every aspect in a different medium. However, I think they came damn close and all of the major iconic moments from the game are there again. We'll, we'll say it again. If you enjoyed this, the game is absolutely worth playing. Even if you're not much of a gamer, you might have someone that has a PS three or a PS four hanging around. You want to give it a shot. 
there is no better way to dive into that world and try experiencing something like that for the first time than giving the last of us a shot. Set it to the easiest difficulty, see how you do, enjoy the story, and you know, then you can come back and hang with us for even more spoiler talk. So I definitely would recommend that to people that uh, are considering that. But overall, I'm just so impressed with how thoughtful they've been in, in approaching every single decision. Uh, they brought to life Joel and Ellie, which are two of my favorite characters ever in any storytelling medium. Uh, to life, they found ways to flush them out. They find ways to do them justice. Pedro and Bella crushed it. Uh, we're obviously huge fans of their performances and just overall personality. They seem lovely and they seem adorable together as well. So that's fun too. But uh, super glad this show exists. I, I I think it is instantly one of the best shows on television. This is one of my favorite seasons of television ever. And I, I, I can't wait to see where they go uh, forward from there. I think I what I appreciate most is, and you kind of said this, how truthful they stayed to the source material and how they could have easily created a series in which it took inspiration from the game, but didn't cover the game the same way or didn't stick. To, I mean, this was basically the exact same story told in the game. And there was a scenario where they kind of create a show and, you have moments where you're the Leonardo DiCaprio meme pointing at the at the show and saying, "Oh, I remember when they did that in the game, but it would be like once a once a sh- episode or something." That's not what they did, and I'm very glad they didn't because I mean, as you guys have learned, this was an incredible story regardless of the medium and regardless whether it was a video game, regardless of of what it was, it was an incredible story to be told. That was kind of one of my other thoughts is that I'm just excited that other people got to experience this story. I There was an interesting um, HBO released a, a kind of a 30 minute documentary, uh, The Making of the Last of Us. And in it, Troy Baker, uh, who is the voice of Joel in the video game, talked about how he had some kind of apprehension to them creating a show because he felt that they'd already done it and they didn't need to do it again. And Neil had a really... I think kind of poignant quote about just the fact is there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to pick up a controller and play this game, regardless of how much we sit here and tell you how good the story is. They're just not going to do it. What they will do is sit down and watch an episode of TV for anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour and 20 minutes. So for those people, I'm glad that they got to experience this story. As we said throughout that, this was one of our favorite just in general stories that has been told in, in any regard. And I mean, you said it as well, the relationship and the dynamic between Joel and Ellie was really important. We said that before this season started, we were, I don't want to say worried about it, but it was something that they had to get right, man. Bella and Pedro were, were Joel and Ellie in, in every regard, not just kind of individually, but how they interacted with one another, the relationship they had, it seems like on and off screen. So it was they absolutely nailed the casting there and, and nailed the um, just the dynamic that those two needed to have. And I did just want to say one word of caution, because with any huge critical and commercial success comes people trying to chase the money and chase the points here. There's going to be some video game adaptations to follow. This is not going to be something that is easily replicable with other projects okay there's a reason the last of us was regarded with this high of esteem it had a very 
rich, emotionally nuanced, compelling, linear story that could be adapted into something like this. Now, I, I think it is important going forward, if, if you're going to try and make video game adaptations in other ways, you still need to find a way to try and capture the the soul of sort of what game made that game that game. Um, a very different type of example of this. I'm interested. To, I'm interested to see how like the Mario movie coming up come, yeah. is going to play out because obviously completely different from The Last of Us. However, just looking at the trailers, it it looks silly and fun and has like some of the a lot of stuff from the video game in there and platforming. And uh, I'm interested to see a very different flavor of video game adaptation there that hopefully is good. But just uh, you know, while I'm glad that this is sort of opening people's eyes to what storytelling in a video game could be. Just, uh, you know, uh, studios out there, be careful, you, you know, with uh, with with trying to chase the points too hard here, um, because it's not going to be as easy to do as adapting something that's not The Last of Us. And in a lot of ways, I mean, Last of Us is kind of the exception in that there aren't many video games that tell a story like this. I've had this discussion with friends of I think this will lead to more video game adaptations, but like it's hard to think of a video game that has a story as compelling as this, not even as compelling as this, but a story worth kind of adapting into a TV show or a a movie. There are some, but if you're, if you're discussing other video games that could be adapted into a nine episode TV series, it's a short list. And so, yeah, I think that there should be, some caution in that, that not every video game is going to work as a TV show. This specific video game had a really compelling story with really compelling and complex characters. And that's what made this work. And the way that they handled all that, my last just kind of thought about this season, the way that they handled the telling these stories and adapting this, I'm just super excited about the future and, and what, um, next season or multiple seasons, I guess what they are going to hold and how they adapt the second game, because without giving away too many spoilers, I think that's going to be more challenging. And they've, they've said that in interviews, there's going to be some more challenges that they have to face that they didn't have to face in the first game. So I'm super excited about what this future for this series holds and I didn't think I could be more excited than I was kind of coming into it in general. I'm just excited for the dark, gritty adaptation of the story of Fortnite coming soon. Flossing <laughs> uh, all over everyone. For sure. Okay, so uh, I think we should I, I think we should start with the top five episodes and sort of go down that uh, breaking down what what we liked most about the season. We'll go from five to one and sort of just go from there and sort of talk about our favorite parts of the season and what made these different episodes so special and in sort of just a, a quick way to sort of recap them. So Jacob, what was your number five episode of the season? So I moved my list around a lot as I, I put a lot of probably in too much thought into this. I had this a tie for a little while, but I think I would probably go with the pilot when you're lost in the darkness as number five. Um, For me, it was just an overall feeling of, oh, this, this show is going to be really, really good. (laughs) And obviously the first 
think it ended up being about 30, 35 minutes. Just, we talked a lot about that. They nailed everything in that and it drove, uh, it hit the right emotional cord. And so just watching that and realizing what this series was going to be and how good it was going to be really got me. I mean, I've said this a a lot, but it really got me excited about what, what we were going to be in store for, for the next couple of weeks or, or months. My number five episode was the same. I had the pilot when you're lost in the darkness episode one. So from the jump, I thought the, the talk show edition at the start in the sixties set the stage perfectly for prime the audience for what was about to happen and sort of set this dark ominous tone. Everything in Austin I thought was just perfect. Like yep. it was so good. We got more uh, time with them in Austin before the outbreak than we did in the game. I thought that time was very well spent. Uh, I, I, I could have done with even more Sarah. I thought she was super interesting and compelling. Nico Parker was great. Uh, they did a cool job of sort of painting the picture of their family dynamic as well and how they were all codependent on each other and, and how they loved each other, the three of them. And then uh, Sarah's death, obviously huge, shocking moment from the game that was super important and they crushed it. And that sort of set the bar of excellence, I would say for the series going forward. And uh, even everything in Austin, or excuse me, in Boston was, was great as well. Uh, that first introduction to Ellie getting to meet Marlene and sort of the way they set off upon the adventure. We talked in detail in the first episode of how we, some ways that that was better than uh, how it sort of happened in the game. Uh, excellent premiere, excellent pilot. Number five, I I definitely agree. My number four episode, so my number five was When You're Lost in the Darkness. My number four was Look for the Light, uh, is the finale. Now, this is a great episode of television, because I already told you this is one of my favorite seasons of television ever, and this is the fourth favorite on that list. However, I agree with what you said earlier. The more I think about the finale, the more I'm a little... I, I don't even think they did anything specifically that was so awful i just feel like they didn't live up to the potential i i feel like this could have been like a pantheon hour plus of television and it wasn't quite that instead it was just a very good episode of the last of us with a strong ending to the season and we talked a lot about the ways last episode if you guys want to go back and listen to that it was a long episode obviously but i think primarily leaving out a lot of the stuff with marlene lessened the emotional nuance of the finale and the choices that were made and the game did a much better job of presenting that. Now, the more I think about it, the more I wonder if they're saving some of that for season two or season three or some flashbacks in some way. And there's some ways that I can think that that would make a lot of sense. But as it is now, I think there's no question that this is, this is the one episode now that the season is done that I point to and say, the game did this better. Yeah. And that's really the only time that I I felt pretty strongly about that in pretty much everywhere else. Even when there were some aspects of the game that I preferred, I think the show did a great job and I thought they capitalized on nearly every opportunity they had this one. It was just, it was a little too quick. It felt a little rushed. They were missing some key pieces, the photograph moment as well as something we felt should have been in there. Go back and listen to our last episode. If you want to hear us talk more in depth about that, of the Sarah moment with the photograph. Uh, But Overall, 
I still loved it because it was the ending of The Last of Us, like we talked about, but it just it didn't live up to its potential, in my opinion. That's why it's at number four, which is still obviously very high. But this should have been number one. I was I was looking so forward to this episode. I told you from the very first start of the season, this is the number one thing I'm looking forward to is the ending and how they executed it and how people's reaction to it. And I, I don't think it quite lived up to what it could have lived up to. And that was a little disappointing for me. So that's why I said number four for me. I had looked for the light higher up on my list, but the more I thought about it, the more I moved it down for all the reasons you said. Wasn't necessarily that anything they did was wrong. It's just I thought they should have done more. Ultimately, I moved it all the way down. It was the one I kind of had tied for fifth, but ultimately probably a sixth on my list. Wow. Um, Yeah. And I said last week, I think at the beginning that at the time I thought it was my one of my favorites, but they did the really big parts really well. It was just kind of everything in between. And then, I mean, we talked a lot last week about the stuff that they didn't do with Marlene that it could have been really, really good. And ultimately kind of left me wanting more, which is about a, certainly the only time in this series that I felt like that. My number four was Endure and Survive. Uh, it was... I believe the most watched episode, at least through the first seven episodes that they released kind of viewership numbers for, it was the most watched one at 11.6 million people, which was, it came out, that was the one that came out on Friday before the Super Bowl. So for it to do that well was impressive, but man, that was probably one of the most memorable moments in the game and they de- the way they delivered it in the show, um, it, it just really hit home. So Henry and Sam and, and their death at the end. And they they nailed every bit of that ad- that adaptation, like that part of it. Plus, you add in kind of the dynamics with Kansas City and the uh, them overthrowing Fedra and, and all of that. And we got a bloater as well. So uh, it was... It was a really, really good episode that, I mean, it wasn't the first time, but it, it certainly left me in tears at the end of the episode. Uh, so pretty similar. I had this one slot higher. So I had this at number three, Endurance Survive. Loved all the stuff with, you know, getting Kansas City. Talked about how they did really, they made it look like Kansas City, which is really cool. Henry and Sam, I loved what they did with it. Uh, I thought Lamar Johnson especially gave an astonishingly good performance. Yep. And uh, they told the story of Henry and Sam very well. They added a little bit of extra dagger to the heart by making Sam so young and cute and deaf. Unnecessary, but I get why they did it. Uh, They definitely, I think, unquestionably had the best infected and action scene. uh, At, at the near the end there in the in the suburb where the Kathleen was converging and the big infected jumping out of the sea coal. Uh, obviously, that was thrilling and intense and freaky and spooky. And I think now that the season is done, it's easy to point back to that as saying that's really the only moment at all we got close to that. Uh, there was no hordes of infected really outside of maybe episode two when they were coming after uh, after Tess. Uh, and it definitely it was very effective for that it was it was almost effectively like a mid-season climax 
uh, in a way that episode that was very effective, very well done, very heartbreaking at the end, obviously, but it was action packed. It was tense. It was just a phenomenal episode of television. So my number three was when we are in need, the eighth episode. Um, it, again, I think in the, in the game, this is probably my favorite kind of chunk of the story and the winter part and Ellie and, and David and, um, that whole section. So I was really excited and anxious to see how they put that to film or to, to the TV show. And again, it it was so good that they somehow made David creepier or worse or however you want to, to phrase it. We talked a lot about that during the episode with Scott, uh, Scott Shepard's portrayal of David was so, so good. You got to see Troy in this episode, Troy Baker. So that was a fun dynamic, but uh, Bella Ramsey was absolutely incredible in this episode. It led to obviously the big climax and that moment and the actual baby girl moment that we might've lied to you guys about for the better part of two months. Uh, what that, what we named that award after, but uh, it, it delivered in that with that moment. And it also, I, the seeing Joel go Superman mode in that interrogation scene is one of my favorite parts of the game. So I'm glad that they kept that specifically in the game, but it was a, to, to me personally, it was an important episode that I really wanted them to get right. And as, as they did time and time again, this, uh, this season they did. Okay. My, so, so far, we both had the pilot as our number five. Uh, I had the finale as my number four. You had this that missing the cut. You had Endurance Survivors, your number four. I had Endurance Survivors, my number three, the fifth episode. Uh, and then When We Are in Need, episode eight was your number three. Uh, so now we're at number two. My number two is episode six, which is Kin, which is the Jackson episode. So I think... I I th- I think for sure if if I was HBO this is this is the episode well I don't I don't know exactly how these things work this is the episode I would be trying to get Pedro his Emmy for uh, yeah. I think they usually have to submit one episode I think it's clearly this uh, we've talked about it a lot but that scene that he had with Tommy in that little shed factory whatever you know workshop whatever it was uh, when he was talking about just failing and his fears and. Uh, failing in his sleep and when i wake up i've lost something it was just such a powerful performance and it was such a it was the most vulnerable we really get to to see joel certainly up to that point i think probably for the whole season and certainly the most vulnerable i feel like we've ever seen the character of joel in the game or the show and of course culminating in that great scene of joel and ellie confronting each other about their feelings uh, in some ways, I, I even liked what they did in that scene better than than the game. Uh, obviously, a lot of it was straight from the game, but I really liked the performances, uh, especially Bella in that scene was just incredible. Overall, it was just in a, not a ton of action happened until the very end where Joel got stabbed with the baseball bat. But it was just it was such an emotional episode that really hit me fully in the feels. Uh, and that's why it was uh, number two for me. That was my number one. Uh, it was 
it was such an incredible episode. Um, I think for probably both of us, certainly for me, the ranch scene is the scene that I think about when I think about last of us. And so to include that and to basically not change anything about it and, and still deliver was, uh, was really, really cool, but really, really good. But almost as much as I think about that scene from the show, I think about Tommy and Joel's discussion uh, as well, right before that. And it speaks to how good they were about the additions they made. I, I think I mentioned this in the beginning. If I didn't, the additions and changes they made always felt very faithful to the last of a story. And it speaks to how good they were about that, that they added that entire scene, that entire conversation to the show. And it's one of the moments I'll remember most about this entire season. I think it speaks to. We've talked about in some ways how the story is very confident in its storytelling and it was in the game and it is in the show. This is a, you know, again, this is a post-apocalyptic zombie adjacent story and for them to identify that they needed to s- slow down and take their time with the emotions and these characters in this episode, it was really powerful and really well done. And absolutely, I agree with you regarding you know wh- what we think about from that episode and what's sticking with us. And uh, it, it was just such a powerfully emotional episode, and I loved it. So what was your number two, then? My number two was Long, Long Time, the okay. third episode. Uh, Honestly, and I've seen people ask this, you need to know absolutely nothing about Last of Us, and you can watch this episode and enjoy it for what it was. It was, as we discussed at the time, and literally based off that point, um, it was entirely new to us as video game players, and it it was so incredible to, like I said they remained faithful to the game and still delivered us a part of the, the last of us story that we had never experienced. So just getting to sit there and experience a new part of the last of us and to watch Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett do wonders with that scene or with that episode to watch all that unfold. um, That episode was so so good i mean like i said you can show that to anybody and it's just an incredible love story and for it to come in the middle of one of my favorite uh stories one of my favorite seasons of television ever was phenomenal so yeah that long long time was was so so good so notably uh and perhaps hot takey this one did not make my top five um this is probably an unpopular opinion for most people. I still love the episode. And I thought it was very beautiful. Uh, Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett absolutely crushed it. I've actually, like I said, I, I really love the Joel and Ellie beats of this of this episode as well. Mm-hmm. There's a few things I've been I've been ruminating on this about since then. So first of all, we we discussed obviously at length how this is a very different than than what happens in the game. And this is not me saying, oh, you strayed from the game too much. I liked it better in the game. This was a beautiful episode of TV. I do wonder, however, if 
something more similar to what we got of Billstown in the game would have been better for the overall arc of the season for a few reasons. Number one, we discussed they've been killing characters left and right, right? And uh, it's very easy to view the third episode, in my opinion, and view it as very uplifting in a way that like, hey, these guys got to choose their own ending that, uh, you know, they lived a full life together. They fell in love. They were happy. But also you just you stab people in the heart, uh, just like, you know, an episode and a half before uh, you're going to do it with Henry and Sam. That's difficult. And I, I think that definitely led to some emotional fatigue for a lot of new people to the story of it's just a little overwhelming. And I thought that, in my opinion, the way they handled Bill in the game was still very interesting in a very tragic way, while also still being fun and funny and you got to go that get that uh that bill and ellie interactions a lot and you got to you they you would have had a bigger opportunity for some more action in like the third episode uh to sort of get a lot of people more hooked in that regard and you wouldn't have had to kill off yet another character because they knew they were about to do it a, a little further on so i've just sort of been wondering lately if maybe it would have been better if we got some similar to the game but again i can't complain too much because it was based it was a beautiful alternate uh, you know, alternate version of what could have happened with Bill and Frank that I'm super glad and super grateful we got to see. Uh, but I, I do wonder sort of if maybe the show audience would have been a little bit happier with uh, the, the sort of the way they did it in the game. What do you think? There are interesting dynamics that were sacrificed to make this episode the way it was. Like you said, I'm very sad we didn't get uh, Bill and Ellie uh interaction dialogue conversation they were so well, funny yeah maybe not conversations but just dialogue between the two uh even if you don't want to play the game just you can watch basically somebody play the game kind of quickly and, and watch it on youtube if you can find this part just watch it for the bill and ellie stuff we don't get it's a, a hilarious uh just constantly hilarious back and forth so Certainly there's there's something they left on the table there. Also, I mean, we ended up talking about this. There weren't a lot of infected throughout this whole season. That w- would have been a pretty easy part to put a lot of infected and have them. I mean, in the in the game, you fight through the entire town of infected to get to this battery that you need. So that would have been a, an interesting uh, maybe difference to add to this one. The emotional fatigue one is is definitely the point I get the most because it, it started to feel like every time they introduced a new character, they were going to kill them off, mm-hmm. which is not how they specifically did it in the game. Now, a lot of them did die, but that is not how they did it in the game. So there was some emotional fatigue, but the, the story was just so, I guess, just kind of uplifting in such a unique story and, and everything that went behind it that we discussed a lot, that these two people finding each other in a, an apocalypse uh, was such a, a a different story to kind of the doom and gloom that we often get in this season, but just in apocalypse uh, shows or movies anyway, that it, it really made it, I think, an enjoyable kind of change of pace almost. And then the the other just sort of aspect of this in terms of why I've been thinking about this and not including on this is that I get why it, it, you sort of hear them talk about it and it's they wanted to include an episode that was just really the beautiful side of love 
And I totally get that. However, you also miss the opportunity of having the foil for Joel of the person that closed himself off to the nth degree that never found his way back to letting, you know, trusting and, and letting people back in and, and being able to make friends and, and et cetera. And in the game, that was just such a compelling character to look at early on. It's just like, Oh my God, this is like Joel, but even further and look at how miserable he is and how sad this is that he's paranoid and talking to himself and all alone and, uh, and scared and not letting himself get attached to anybody and super lonely. And it was, I don't know. I, I just, I, I sort of find my self appreciating that different version. But again, I'm, I'm not going to complain because that was a beautiful love story. Bill and Frank were awesome. It's such a good use of music with the long, long time. Uh, and they sandwiched the Joel and Ellie parts with that Bill and Frank story in a really effective way. That's such a great episode of television and, and not making my top five does not mean I didn't like the episode. Quite the contrary. I loved it, but I just wanted to say that. Uh, and then my number one episode, if you listened a couple weeks ago, you're probably not going to be surprised, but it, it's it's when we are in need. It was episode eight. Again, I wish they would have just called it winter, uh, but small nitpick there, but David, I thought was super compelling and terrifying. It was a very excellent and well executed hour of television. It was an A plus Ellie episode, A plus plus Bella Ramsey performance. It was again, she she sort of opened my eyes to what this performance of Ellie could be with how scary she could be and how how she played the trauma was very effective. And I I feel like a sicko for even saying that. Oh, look at how this teenager did the trauma so good. I love it. But it's like, it was, you needed that for that sequence of events to fully land with the audience. You needed to see it in her eyes that she was shaken and disturbed and forever changed by those events. But as we see in the next episode, she's still there. She's still in there. She's going to be okay in, in you know, in some regards. In some regards, she's traumatized, obviously. But uh, also, of course, we loved that Joel interrogation scene. It was so good. Uh, it was, it was really intense. Obviously, I think it 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 hit all the right buttons when it comes to what they wanted to do with the audience of like a firing them up and be that be them being like, oh god. Like Joel, wow, Joel is a savage, uh, which as you find out even further in the finale, yep, he sure is. But it was so intense. They did the the whole dynamic of, oh God, is Joel going to get to her? Is she, is he going to save her? And then Ellie saves herself, but then he's there for her uh, in a very meaningful way. The culmination of the David boss fight and the tension was extremely well done. And it also felt like it honored the game very well. We got to see Troy Baker, which was tremendous. Uh, and then, of course, Joel calling Ellie baby girl like we talked about there. You know, I still sort of prefer how the game's uh, performance of that moment, but still. It's such a big emotional moment in the story where everyone. Joel, Ellie, the audience, everyone understands that's his daughter, that's his baby girl. It's everything comes full circle. And it just it pays off in such a big and excellent way while still being disturbing and traumatizing and emotional in a way that only The Last of Us can. So I thought it was a quintessential hour of The Last of Us. 
Uh, and that's why it takes my number one spot. You said earlier that if like basically the the episode for Pedro to to win an Emmy is Ken, if if Bella's going to win an Emmy, yep. it is when we are in need. And uh, her portrayal throughout that, but specifically, as you were saying, the very end was incredible. Those are for those two individuals. Those are the episodes that stick out the most. So uh, incredible from both of them. And there are I think we mentioned this at the time, but one of my favorite parts to just watch reactions to both in the game and in the watching people react to the show is the baby girl moment, because as you said, that's when everyone realizes Joel has opened up completely to her at that point. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's such great writing that they, they didn't, they didn't have Pedro say those two words since the halfway point of episode one. But that was, again, that's, it's why the Sarah death scene is so important that that moment is ingrained in your brain. Even if you never want to go and see that scene again, because it was so emotionally devastating, you still remember that. And you remember what he said, you remember all of his feelings and for it to come full circle in that moment. That's why it's so emotionally impactful. And that's why it resonates with people. And it's, it was just such a great moment. It was such a great episode. I want to put you on the spot because I didn't put this in here, but I'm curious. We don't have to do obviously the full bottom four, but what would take your bottom spot? What was your least favorite episode? My least favorite, um, maybe on the spot, maybe episode two. Yep. Yeah, I was that was mine pay. too. It f- was kind of a filler episode. It told us a lot. Still, it gave us all the information about the infected and how it was different, but. It was it ultimately served to be a lot more. Like I said, just kind of a filler in between getting from Boston to Billstown and stuff like that. So, again, I loved every episode, but if I I would probably say that would be the bottom one. I agree for a couple main reasons. First of all, like you said, they did a lot of table setting for the ground rules of the infect in that episode which never came into play again. Yeah. yeah. Not just like the the tripping the the cordyceps on the ground part which was new. We were like, "Ooh, okay, that's interesting. Let's see how that's going to play out." Didn't ever come into play again the whole rest of the season. But also like there was there was never again uh, a stealth moment with clickers. Yep. There was that never came into play again. The fact that they couldn't hear, it was just a horde of them and you run, that's it. Uh and again, I'm the, the more I think about it, the more I'm still just I, I feel like they did Tess a little dirty. Yeah. Uh, Tess was such a badass character in the game that never really got any of those any of those fun, badass moments in the show, really. And also the way she went out still bugs me because the 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 number one like defining thing of how she went out is like, I am going out on my own terms. You go. I will buy you time. I will not turn into one of those things. Go make this easy for me. I'm going to die here. And she did like a beast. And granted that wasn't infected, but I just don't think game tests would have the way that they had that gross infected kissy scene with her of all people. And then never came close to having anything like that with any other character, the rest of the show. It just rubs me a little bit in the wrong way. Just that's like, that's maybe the last character I would have wanted to see that happen to just because of what we know about her personality wise. So that 
that's just sort of the thing that had been bugging me that I wanted to get off my chest. So I agree that I think episode two is last for those reasons. I will say I've read some interviews and it sounds like they are aware they didn't really do anything with like the, the cordyceps and the tendrils and tripping them from some distance away. And it seems like something they might explore or that they're going to explore more going forward. But the test part also was, I want to, I'm trying to think this is on the spot that might've been like kind of the low point and like things I didn't like the most about this show. And specifically just like the, the really awkward kiss, like you could have still had her go out as a badass by just luring everyone in and like pulling a grenade pin and just, that's that. Like there were grenades there and we talked that it felt like they shoehorned in that match and that drama for that moment when it didn't need to be there. So this that is was maybe the thing I was most disappointed by was her death. This is maybe a larger concern and I don't I don't want to spend too much time on this cuz it's sort of half baked, but I d- I don't know. Like that plus I I I just feel like they they could have given I think some of the non LE female characters a little bit more to do in some aspects. I think Tess is the the number one example of that. But, uh, but then again, also like I talked about Kath- the way Kathleen didn't fully land for me just because just, I, I, her, her motivations just didn't feel fully fleshed out at the end. Um, and her wanting to kill the kids, it just felt weird given it anyway, but that's just something neither here nor there. Let's get to some awards. So what is the best overall change you think the show made from the game? This is kind of maybe a little bit big picture, but just in general, Joel's vulnerability and how they handle that so much differently than the game. It might be something we dive more into in another episode, but the the kind of cliff notes is, and we've discussed this, he is a very hardened off, like, shut down, closed off person that you have to read between the lines and a lot of things in the game. And in the show, they basically kind of said the quiet part loud in a lot of regards where you didn't have to read between the lines so much. But because of his vulnerability, we get things like the conversation with Tommy, the panic attacks, the admission of him attempting suicide. All of those were very memorable, very uh, impactful moments of, of dialogue and conversation that weren't there in the game because uh, Joel just wasn't that vulnerable. And I, I think in a lot of ways it, it made Joel a more sympathetic character that you could maybe not relate to, but feel for at the very end when he is going berserk through the hospital. I basically had the same thing. The way I wrote it down was Joel making more of an effort. Like, obviously he's still not, you know, fully ready for a lot of that stuff, even from like episode four and five and episode four didn't make my cut. I still really loved a lot of the things they did in episode four of the Joel and Ellie dynamic. And that was the first episode where you could really see that, oh, he's like, he realizes that he needs to try to be more of a person that can talk to someone else about uh, different emotions and feelings and traumas and things that Ellie's going through. And even though he was struggling with it and maybe even because he was struggling with it, it made for all the, all all the better development when at the end he is the way he is. And he's, you know, he's, he's telling jokes with Ellie and he's talking to her about all this stuff and he's opening up about all that other stuff. So 
it also just, of course, gives Pedro way more to do than they would have if they had just done the gruff, more gruff version of of uh, of Game Joel. But I I think overall it was a very good decision for the show. I still like uh, I still like some of the aspects of that tougher, uh, gruffer game, Joel. And again, that's still a performance you should go back and watch and see and play and experience. But definitely, I agree that was that was my just general overall change. I think that led to some better emotional moments for the show that otherwise might not have been there. Having a tougher, more shut off version of Joel, having Pedro Pascal played that would have been kind of a waste almost with how good he is. Yeah. Though not as much of a waste as putting him in a mask for or a helmet for an right. entire series. And, and and this is not even to say that like I think it's just this was much more where Pedro's strengths lend. Yeah. I also think if I and I, I'm now I'm I'm enjoying because one of my favorite actors is going back and playing the game now for the first time after seeing the show, and he's getting to experience the Troy Baker Joel. He's I. Troy Baker Joel is is a badass, and it's yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, to watch, especially with some of those big moments as well, but very different strengths, very different. It, again, this is what's so cool is the soul of the character is there, but it's still a different performance. And that's that's really cool that they were able to do that with both Joel and Ellie. Let's give our biggest nitpick. What is the number one crafting upgrade? If you could make one change to this season to better improve the show, what would it be? We talked about it a lot, especially in the last couple of weeks, but just the finale just whether it's the the pacing but more specifically just giving more depth to Marlene's character they had a really good opportunity to make that a like you said kind of a a pantheon hour of television that would have i mean this is still my personal favorite season of a, a of a series but I think it would have been a lot of people's personal favorites if you really kind of drove that home. I still just question why it was as short as it was when we had so many episodes that were so much longer. But just at the core of it, Marlene is a kind of fascinating character that we basically did not explore in that episode. So I would change... I guess just in general, doing more with Marlene in the finale. Yeah, but we're in lockstep on this one. Basically, I would have added like half an hour to that finale. Yes. And we talked at length last episode about all the way different ways you could do it. You could have added the photograph. You could have added some infected action sequence. You could have made you, you know, maybe someone disagreed on that part. You could have made the rampage part last a little bit longer or take a little bit more time. Um, and I feel like if they had done that, it would have landed a lot better for the show audience and a lot more people. Like I said, it's sort of a bummer that the. I, I think a lot of people still liked and a lot of people were still shocked by the finale, but I don't think it had as universal of a positive reaction as game players did to the ending. And again, I think it's because the game overall did it better. Now, again, repeating myself here, but I think some of that may be getting saved and maybe that was an intentional decision to save some of that for later times in the show of finding different ways to flesh out different stuff further down the line, which I'll be interested to see if they do. But I think that's the number one thing to to come away from the season. It, certainly there are other things we would have changed along the way, but giving the finale more time to breathe, I feel like would have done wonders for people's view of the season overall. So I think we're uh, agreeing on that one. This show did a really good job of um, 
I mean, the story does this really, but just having complexity to situations that feel black and white and the way they presented Marlene in this finale, she was just kind of the villain. She made the bad decision and people didn't like that. There were, I mean, you could sympathize with her some, but more often than not, she's just seen as kind of the bad person. And in reality, as we discussed, we don't have to dive too deeply into because we, uh, discussed it at length last week she had her own set of her own kind of complex motives and and stuff like that and it would have uh, again made it for a very fascinating kind of uh comparison between her and joel i wouldn't even go so far as to say that she was the villain but i don't think they accurately showed how like marlene's a fucking hero like she is the number she's arguably the number one good guy in the last of us universe she is you could make that again there's some issues with the morality of the choices that both those two characters made in that finale but you can make a very strong argument that she is the single person trying to do the most good for humanity at great personal cost and they i don't think they did a very good job of highlighting that maybe they will down the line but uh what is your best non-pedro non-bella acting performance of the season uh i mean i kind of tipped my hand with putting this episode number two but i would go with nick offerman he was uh i mean i talked about it when i was talking about that episode but he was phenomenal as bill it was a very different kind of bill than we got in the game as we discussed but there i don't want to keep using the same word there are complexities to bill's character and uh, for him to just kind of drop in and play that character, play it as well as he did. I mean, both Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett were absolutely incredible in that. I just kind of like Nick Offerman just a little bit more. But honestly, I mean, we said this at the time. They both probably deserve Emmys as well. And we're going to discuss who deserves it most, I guess, later on. But um, Nick Offerman was unbelievable in that episode. I have a lot of honorable mentions, though, so I- I'm interested to see who you have. Uh I think my honorable mention, or excuse me, I I think my award, I, I think I want to give it to Lamar Johnson. Uh, yeah. I was just, I was really blown away by him in that episode. And especially at the end with the, the that one scene. Uh, but just overall, I, I thought he was very compelling. Um, I'd never heard of him before. I haven't, I don't think I've seen him in anything else, but. Definitely, I will be on the lookout if he's in any notable projects going forward, because I would love to see more of him. Uh, so that's my answer. Yeah, I had Lamar Johnson as an honorable mention. He was incredible. Anna Torv, Tess, was incredible. And as we said, could have been even more incredible. I'm still blown away by Nico Parker as well. She was only in the sure. series for like 30 minutes, and she was absolutely incredible in those 30 minutes. And then I just want to uh, <laughs> not 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 to harp on it, but. I, I feel like Merle Dandridge was a couple scenes away from being right at the top of this list. I was I, I thought she was awesome. Also, she looks great. I'm just if they would have fleshed out the finale like we had hoped or wanted them to, she probably would be number one. Yeah, she was. I, I'm really glad they brought her back for this role. And uh, maybe we'll see more of her in flashbacks. I hope so. But uh, she was great. Okay, the best new line of dialogue i have a pretty good feeling what our, what our top twos are but what was your best new line of dialogue that was not from the game that was inserted into the show 
I mean, it's hard to pick one part, but you could pick basically anything between Tommy and Joel's conversation. I'm failing in my sleep is probably if I had to pick one line or one sentence, uh, it would be that. But almost anything from from that conversation between those two, uh, that is one of the moments I'm going to think about most from this series. And it there was nothing really close to that in the game. So incredible addition. And like I like I've said a couple times faithful to the game and still an incredibly emotional moment. Yeah, that, that whole scene and I'm failing in my sleep. It's all, it's, it's all I've ever done is fail her. Uh, that was certainly up there, maybe recency bias, but I really think from the finale, I, I think it's, it wasn't time that did it. Uh, when talking about mm-hmm. I'm healing all wounds. Uh, I thought that was just such a great line and, I wish there had been a photograph sequence in there too, but that's uh, that's my award. Favorite scene. Jacob, what was your favorite scene from The Last of Us season one? You're going to be shocked, but it's the ranch scene, which isn't even a ranch scene. I guess I can't call it a ranch scene. It was a, a scene in Jackson, uh, but Tommy or not Tommy, Joel and Ellie uh, kind of squaring off almost with one another in the bedroom the night before uh, they're about to leave. Like we said, they didn't change hardly anything about this scene from the game. A couple of things they had to change because of the way they led up to that scene, but that was about it. And outside of that, it was basically line for line. Um, the pivotal moment in the show, I think. And the the two of them were absolutely incredible in that scene. They spoke about how much pressure they knew they were under in that scene, how important it was to those who played the game. And they delivered a, a, a really great performance in it. Definitely this was on the short list. I think I'm actually going to make a last second pivot here and go with the final scene of the, well, sort of like an extended final. Like everything that happens from the moment Joel picks up Ellie in the operating room to the end, I thought they crushed that part of the ending. Yeah. Uh, we just wanted more time before that, but they they handled everything of... I, I thought it was a great decision to replicate the editing choices made in the game from picking from cutting from the Marlene in the garage to the car. Oh, is she there? Oh, she's there. And Joel's telling the lie. And then you see what how he shot Marlene. And then after that conversation's ended, you go back and see him finish her off. And then uh, and then leading to the hike and then the lie and the I swear. And OK. 10 out of 10, no notes on that whole part. So. I think I think I'm going to give it to that. Uh, but again, obviously, there's some things about the finale I would have changed, but I, I love the way that that ended. I love the ranch scene. Um, uh, the, the suicide the- scene as well for me was I mean, you mentioned it in your best dialogue, but that was new as well. And that was something that was that's, like we said at the time, that's basically as close as those two are going to get to. I love you. <laughs> and so. Uh, seeing a, a scene with that much emotion and, and that memorable of a line was that honestly might be my second, but also about the finale. The reason at the time I said it was maybe my favorite episode is because they nailed uh, specifically that part that, that you talked about from the moment he picks up Ellie on. They nailed that. So it's it it's just kind of bittersweet that I we have so many questions about what they did before that because 
that part they got absolutely right. If you could give one Emmy, and to be clear, if you are working on The Last of Us, we want to give you an Emmy. So uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you work on The Last of Us, we love you. We would give you all the Emmys just for the simple virtue of making the show and doing it so well. But there can only be one. Uh, and we're, we're taking out best drama series because I think obviously we want that. But if you could give it to one person, one individual, Jacob, who are you giving your Emmy out to? This was tough because like, I mean, we're incredibly biased and we said this so many times during these podcasts, this person deserves an Emmy and this person and this person. So narrowing it down to one was incredibly tough. I landed on Pedro Pascal though. He was so, so good from the very beginning, from the first episode, he had to play a a much different version of Joel in those first 30, 35 minutes. And then to become what he became for the next two, three episodes, and then kind of evolving. He he evolved so much from episode one through the end as he does in the game. It's hard to do that, especially when they're not really shooting an order either, but it's hard to do that across the entire season He absolutely nailed it, and as we said, it was a more vulnerable version of him that gave him more kind of freedom, and he was incredible throughout. There are so, so many people that I considered, but ultimately, I think I'd land with Pedro. Yep, uh, there's a lot of people to consider. I I would love to give one to Craig Mazin. He just just seems to be approaching this adaptation with exactly the right mindset it seems like he and neil have a wonderful dynamic it seems like they both really enjoy working together it seems like neil is being very generous with the source material and craig is being very honoring of the source material while coming in with new ideas to flesh things in, things out and make it more interesting and in some ways trying to make it better i love that dynamic i absolutely could argue you should give it to bella ramsey um but y- you know what i we can we, we can come back to that next season uh, for Bella as well. I, I think that Pedro's performance in this season was so good and so important. And while I love both Joel and Ellie, and in some ways you could you could argue uh, Ellie's the main character of, of, of The Last of Us. But I would argue that. To me, the most interesting journey that a character goes on during this season is Joel and he's given so much to do. And Pedro had such a huge task in front of him to take us on that emotional journey from episode, from the prologue to how he was on that flash forward to 20 years later to how he was in that giraffe scene. And shortly after to the decision he has to make in the finale and the decision he has to make at the end of, of lying it's such a journey, and Pedro just knocked it out of the park. I'll say it again. Disney, you're fucking idiots. You're stupid to keep him in that helmet. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I, d- I haven't even wanted to watch the last few episodes of The Mandalorian just because I'm just like so annoyed that he wants to get back into the helmet club. I'm like, why? Just let him act. But you know what? Good for Pedro, because this means he gets to spend more time on The Last of Us. This means he gets to spend more time doing things where he's actually acting um, and he's still getting 
he's still securing the bag with uh, the Disney contract. So if, if he wants to do this from a voiceover booth uh, on the Mandalorian, more power to him. But I think he absolutely deserves an Emmy. I hot take. I think he's going to get it. There's just been so yeah. much critical acclaim and love for him. Uh, these 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 last few months that it just it's it almost feels like like that's for sure. Now, granted, there's a whole lot of year left. I'm sure Jeremy Strong is going to put up another amazing performance in succession. I'm sure there's going to be some other amazing performances along the way. But this really feels like it's uh, I, I don't know what the Vegas odds are on it, but I would <laughs> I would put I would put money on 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 Pedro right now. So that's that's going to be my choice. I one other name that bears mentioning that I wrote down. Gustavo Santa. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know if I pronounced his last name, right, but Gustavo did the music for both the, uh, video game and the series, the TV series and phenomenal. He was featured in that documentary. If you guys haven't watched it, go check out the, the making of the last of us. It's only about 30 minutes, but he was featured in that. He's absolutely awesome. He, I think deserves an Emmy as well. Again, when, when that first episode, when you first heard the credits, it was oh, just like, oh, God, yes, they're doing it. <laughs> they're doing the thing. Uh, we, we love the score of The Last of Us and Gustavo is amazing. So super glad that he's involved. This wouldn't be The Last of Us fully without that music uh, at, at the core of it. So I think we're all super glad that that is in there. That'll do it for this episode. Much, much shorter than normal. We almost got it under an hour. Oh, so close. Oh. Almost much shorter than last week's we and they will continue to be much shorter. Make sure you guys, if you have not uh, already or if there's anything you want us to talk about, any questions you have, send them to us, whether on Twitter, whether on email. Uh, We want to do kind of a mailbag episode and we need your thoughts, your questions, anything you want to see us discuss or I guess hear us discuss uh send them our way even if you just have kind of general thoughts and we'll talk about them if you have any theories things like that we'll do that we want to do a mailbag episode here in the coming weeks and uh so send our dms are open on twitter you can dm us you can tweet at us whatever it may be but uh, let us know what you guys want to hear in the the coming weeks the coming months and uh so we have something to kind of discuss and we can also email us tlounerds at gmail.com. We've gotten a lot of really thoughtful emails. Um, haven't There's a couple that definitely that I, w- I would like to interact with and, and and talk about that didn't really have the space to do that in the in the finale episode or in the season review podcast because we want to be a little bit more concise. But we love hearing from you guys. Uh, super grateful to all you guys have been checking us out. Follow us on Twitter if you'd like tlounerds. Um, give us give us a shout. Please leave us those five star reviews. Really helps us out. Uh, share it. If you have another buddy that's obsessing over the last of us, spread this podcast, be like, Hey, you might like this. Check this out. They do really deep dives. If you want to geek out about uh, the last of us with these guys. So uh, again, we're having a lot of fun. We're, we're going to be slowing down for sure. We're not going to uh, don't worry. You don't have to commit uh, several hours every week to <laughs> our podcast, but we, but we don't want to go fully away either. So we'll, We'll be in and out again. If you have any ideas of what you'd like to hear in the off season, we're going to be wandering in the desert for a long time without new content. So give us a shout. Uh, We'd love to keep interacting with you guys and and keep talking about this because we're having a lot of fun. One could say we'll be looking for the light for quite a while in the, uh, the coming weeks, the coming months. We do have fun ideas. We have podcasts that we're going to be doing, but 
as Tom said, they're going to be shorter and they're going to be maybe every other week now to, uh, to slow down a little bit, try to keep as <laughs> bridge the gap as long as we can until the second season comes out. So appreciate all the support you guys have given us. Uh, thank you as always, but until I guess in a couple weeks for Tom, this is Jacob signing off. Have a great one, everybody.